Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a September 10th, Thursday. Uh, LA Galaxy getting ready for a matchup in San Jose against the San Jose Earthquakes. That's coming up on Sunday at 8 p.m. kickoff time. We're going to get you to that game, uh, but lots of LA Galaxy news in between. We have a little bit of scheduling to talk about. We have some players of the week. We have some teams of the week. Uh, we have some rumors. We have some young kids doing great things and possibly being on the radar of some very big clubs. So a lot of stuff to get to, a lot to talk about. And we didn't have just one co-host tonight. We have two co-hosts tonight. That means three talking heads of soccer is right here. Joining me, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, and Sophie the Cannon. Nicolau, they're back here. We're all in quarantine. Ash is raining from the sky. I'm rooting for the asteroid here pretty soon. It's coming, and it's going to just blow us all up. So that's sort of where I'm rooting for right now. How's everybody going? Larry, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. Thanks for asking me back. It's been a while, but... Uh... I'm doing fine. That's that's great. And before we get any further, congratulations, sir. Grandpa Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. I, we should get, probably right. get to yes. that shirt. Yeah, that's correct, right. right? Now, so, as, uh, as I said, as, as I said before, I'll hold him, I'll burp him, but I will not change him. You don't have to. You're a grandparent, and so that's that's perfect. That works for me. Uh, Sophie, how are you doing? I haven't. I, I mean, I got to talk to you recently because you and I were at the game. So I feel like we've been hanging yes. out, but we haven't got to hang out here and talk some LA Galaxy. We have not. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, that's, that's good. Doing? That's good. A little, a little Joey to, to start it off. No, uh, I know you're surviving. So, so, so we're doing good. Let's get into, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch to get to, actually. And when we were doing the rundown, I was like, wow, it feels like I really packed the show full of things. Um, but there's a lot of little things with the fact that the LA Galaxy didn't have a midweek game. Uh, so that's good. The Galaxy, again, coming off another shutout win of LAFC, which is unbelievable. You look at the standings, Galaxy are way up in the Western Conference, way up uh, in the Supporters' Shield race as well. Uh, I can't say that it has been a bigger turnaround, and I can't say that any of us expected this, because I don't think, I think we'd all be lying if that was the case. Um, but Sophie, what have you made of the uh, of the LA Galaxy in the recent weeks here? I think it's been incredible since Orlando. Uh, the team has had almost like a Jekyll and Hyde moment. Um, they've they looked broken in Orlando. They looked disjointed. They didn't seem like they had much team spirit. Uh, I think we'd all agree that uh, the coach looked devoid of ideas uh, on the sidelines. Uh, many times there were. Uh, a huge question marks, uh, not only about him, but also about management at the top level and what have they done to this team and um, how long is it going to take to rebuild this team and bring the five-star Galaxy back? So I think from that perspective, you've got to give them all a huge round of applause for turning things around the way they have, considering how awful things were post um, during Orlando and then post Orlando. And let's be fair, I'll leave you with this one, Josh. We all ripped them to absolute shreds after that tournament. So to see them respond the way they have is quite incredible. Yeah, it feels like they're playing with a little chip on their shoulder, and it feels like that chip is most often directed at us, which I enjoy. That's always fun. It makes for lively conversations. But no, they've been uh, they've been feeling good. You can see it. Larry, what have you made uh, of the LA Galaxy? I should point out when you can watch them because Spectrum is horrible. I just want to throw that in there every once in a while. Well, I watched it on Unimas, uh, the LAFC match. It's in Spanish, but still, watched the game, so at least I was fortunate enough to do that. 
you know, I agree with, with Sophie. This team was so disjointed, so uh, uninspired. There was no sense of urgency. And these last couple of weeks, I keep going back to what Scalotto would, would tell us on these Zoom calls. He said about the Orlando tournament, he said that we really weren't playing that bad. We just didn't get the results. And I'm thinking, what team was he watching? Right. What team was he watching? They were bad. They were yeah. bad. And that's why they didn't get the results. But the turnaround is just, it's incredible. I mean, I think we can, I think one possible answer or part of the answer is putting Nick Depew next to Dan Steris in the middle of the back line and putting Gonzalez on the bench. I don't think we're going to see much of him anymore. Uh, that certainly was the first step toward this revival. But again, uh, just like Sophie said, it's it's been an incredible turnaround. It really has. Yeah, it absolutely has. It's been fun. One of the reasons for that turnaround, and certainly there are a couple different reasons, but at least one of the reasons in these last couple of games has been Sebastian Legette, uh, a guy who I think all of us as reporters have questioned whether or not he would be able to take a step forward, whether he'd be able to regain form to where he was before he got injured in, what, 2017? Um, it's been a long road back for Sebastian Legette. Um Lots of criticism, lots of things not going his way, um, and he seemed, you know, lackluster and lost for large portions of this uh, of of last season and and certainly the beginning of this season. Having said all that, four goals, two assists in his last four games, uh, had two goals in the game against LAFC, uh, is more than halfway to his season high of seven goals, which he scored in 2015. And if we remember that, he came in with Bruce Arena. Uh, in 2015, and that was whenever he just, you know, it, he was he wasn't a mid-season replacement, but it was an early-season guy who came in. It wasn't quite midway through, but it was a little bit earlier in the season. He went on, played a whole bunch of games, scored seven goals, and everybody was like, "Wow, where has this kid been?" And you know, this is great. And we have never seen that version of Sebastian Legette again. And that's a kid who played on the wings for Bruce. So he has he's already he has four goals. He has a season high of seven goals. I mean, right now you're sitting there saying if he doesn't hit double digits in goals, it'll be different, disappointing, I think, for him. I'm not expecting him to keep up the current pace. That's I think that's a little, you know, out, a little out there. But the positions he's finding him in definitely could find some goals. So he's there. Uh, by the way, he is if he starts scheduled to make his 100th MLS start on Sunday. And uh, because of all of his goals and everything else that has been going on, Sebastian Legette named the MLS player of the week. Sophie, what have you seen from uh, Sebastian Legette in the last couple games? Attitude. I think that's been the biggest thing for him because I think everybody knows that he's a talented player. And I don't know what you guys think about this, but I think he's had somewhat of a hangover maybe from the national team. I think there's been a lot of players that have been hit hard mm -hmm. with conf confidence issues. Uh, and that had a lot to do with the lackluster performances at national level. And I think that he's not really had the opportunity to be told, you know, previously, this, you are an integral, huge part of this team. And I think for the first time, he's feeling the love and he's feeling valued. And a lot of that also comes from playing well, of course. But I do think the coach has put his arm around him and he's asked him of things and he's told him he expects more from him. And when you're playing alongside a player like Pavon, you have to perform. See, I think he has to get to those double digits, Josh. I think he has to stay consistent. I think he's got to do this. I don't expect him to do it every single game, but I do expect him to do it as as often as possible. And I think once you start building that type of confidence and you play the way he has, to attempt that bicycle kick in that match against LAFC, 
you know, right. um, was a huge deal because that just illustrates where his mindset is. To actually pull that off was massive. To try it took balls. And I think that, you know, what we're seeing from him is this elevated confidence. He seems happier. There was um, the very first press conference when we came back. I think you and I talked about it, Larry, maybe, where we said he just didn't seem happy. He seemed yeah. off. It didn't seem like the yeah. belief was there still. They were coming off a huge amount of criticism. So for me, I expect more of him now. I expect him to now crank it up and take it to another level and really kind of show people what he can do. Because right now, he's doing what he's expected to do. Now yes, he needs yeah. to do it consistently for the rest of the season. Yeah, a TAM yeah. player, which is where a, a lot of this uh, this pressure has come from. You pay him more money, you expect to get more out mm -hmm. of it. And so far in his evolution as a player, that's flattened out a little bit. Larry, what have you seen from uh, Sebastian Legette? Well, one last thing about his sudden revival is I was just wondering, I wonder if Becky G threatened to leave him if he didn't start producing on the field. You know, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. Maybe who knows? A little motivation. There's, hey, she can mo yeah, motivate him many different ways, I'm sure. <laughs> but I agree with, with Sophie. He looks so much more, so much more confident, so much more purposeful on the field. And I think part of, part of that, too, is playing alongside, like Sophie just pointed out, alongside a guy like Christian Pavone, who we all agree must be or certainly is in the conversation as the mm -hmm. best player in major soccer right now. Um, 100%. It's fun to watch Sebastian yeah. do this. It, it, it really isn't like Sophie just, just said. He's doing what we've all expected him to do. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's I mean, nice it to sort of see that. It took a long while. Yeah, it did. It, it took way longer than it probably should have. Um, if we look at the voting percentages, by the way, I do have those. Um, and I also have to preface this by saying that if you're asking me who I voted for MLS Player of the Week, I will tell you it was Sebastian Legette. So Sebastian Legette was my good was choice. my first choice it's on good that. Choice. Yeah, I, it, what do you know? Uh, the overall percentages were Sebastian Legette thirty five point eight percent. Eric Williamson had sixteen percent. Giassi Zardes had fourteen and a half percent. Teal Bunbury uh, from New England had four and a half percent, and Christian Pavone had three point seven percent. I also you mean you don't have Kurt. those on a chart, Josh? You don't have I, a chart? I didn't, you know what? Somebody about. somebody else put them together, Sophie, so I didn't have to make the chart. Uh, I thought it was interesting, though. It's broken up into two-thirds media, one-third fans, right? The fans get a say. Mm -hmm. The media get a say, get, gets a say. The media is heavily weighted. So uh, Sebastian Lindjet got 43.43% of the media votes, and he got 13% of the fan votes. If you go down to Eric Williamson of the Portland Timbers, uh, he got 16% overall, 7% 7, 7 from the media, 43% from the fans. So the fans vaulted him into second place. That's the only reason that he's there, because technically speaking, if you look at the media votes, he should have finished fifth. Um, so anyway, the fan vote does count. So uh, LA Galaxy fans got, whenever I put these out, some people were like, well, the fans need to pick it up. Listen, um, I think that this should be, if you really want to make it fair the whole time, it probably should just be a media vote because, as you can see, the fans in Portland, who are a very rallied fan base, were able to vault their guy into second place when he should have probably been in the fifth or sixth place. Of so course. that, of course. yeah, that, yeah. So, so, so that's how. So, you know, hey, but I'm a media guy, so vote however you want. I don't really care. It's not. It's it's a, It should be a real award, and I feel like if we go to just straight up fan voting, which has been suggested many times, is that. Um, it ends up being a popularity contest more than anything else. Um, Sebastian Legit er, legitimately earned, uh, legitimately. Ah, I could have played that that part. Leg uh, oh, yeah, I know, good. I know. It was it was a good one. Uh, Sebastian Legit uh, legitimately earned this Player of the Week, and and I thought it was great. But 
Um, Larry, you have some you have some trivia about uh, about player of the week, That's right. right? That's right. Yeah, go I, for it. Uh, I, as- I assembled our, our crack corner of the galaxy research staff, which consists of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first time I came up with these answers, I was wrong on one of them, Josh, and you pointed it out to me. Anyway, uh, before Sebastian Legette won this award this week, the last Galaxy player to win it was Laton, did, did it four times. Now, the trivia question is, can you name the previous two Galaxy players to be named Player of the Week? Oh, so see, Sophie, I, I, you, Sophie, you I, one, I can't, I can't play because... Because Larry told me what the because answers you were. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's right, dude. In, in all of that's time. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so the yeah. last, the, the go ahead, Larry. It's got to be so Robbie Keane. Before his lot Robbie time, Keane's got to be one. So, no, he was not. The what? last two before his lot time. No. Yeah, the, the he, last, he, the no, last he, two before Zlatan. So just think back of who the players were before Zlatan that could have possibly like, won. It, had, it happened in the it happened in the 2016 season. 2016. It's going to be someone yeah. really crazy, isn't it? It's going to be. There's, there's, do one of them you is know? Really crazy. Yeah. Robbie uh, Rogers. No, no, Robbie Rogers. It. No. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. The, I'll give you. Yeah. Give her. Ahead, give her the crazy one. Give her the crazy one, Larry. The crazy one, if you can believe it, was Emma Boateng. Yep, that's wow. correct. Player of the week. And then, well, and then the other was, one. Yeah. Go ahead. The other one, you know uh, his brother currently plays on this team. Gee, I was going to say it. Damn. And I Gee, was like, no right. way. Come on. Yeah. Now, really? one more trivia question. One more trivia question. Can you name the first ever Galaxy player to be named Player of the Week? Ever. First ever. Landon. Yeah, just say no. I'm no. going to say Landon. No. no, because he wasn't on the e- – oh, like I said Kobe goes Jones. Way back. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Josh well, and I was Josh Jones. Jones. Jones did win it, but before Kobe Jones, it was Jorge Campos. Jorge Campos, and then and then uh, was Hurtado in there? Was that the second one? Hurtado or was, was, was next, and then Kobe yep. Jones after that. Yep, yep, yep. So anyway, a fountain lots of, of trivia knowledge. A fountain of trivia. That's knowledge. right. Our crack staff that's consisting of me. Crack. Yeah, I was going to say crack is the key word there. So um, that's right. Yeah. Crack. Good, 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 good job, Larry. Uh, let's let's get to a little bit more news. Uh, three LA Galaxy players also made Team of the Week. Um, by the way, I would point out that in beating LAFC, they also made sure that no LAFC players were on Team of the Week, which is always fun too. Um, so Christian Pavone was uh, was obviously on that list. Sebastian Legit uh, was on that list, and Mister Seven Saves. Uh, and and I think all of those came in the first half. Mister Seven Saves, Mister David Bingham. Uh, was also on there. So that's really crazy. Larry, what do you want to say about David? About David, if not for Bingham in that first half, the Galaxy would have been in big, big trouble. He made, he played very well that night, very well. The, yeah, he the, did. The he, double save was fantastic. Yes. The double save he, that yes. he did. I can't remember who, maybe that was that from Rossi, but there was a double save and it was just really, you know, it was it, considering, again, he's come under fire and he's been, He's been ripped quite a bit, you know, to, to kind of put in that performance in the first half and be the reason why Galaxy weren't losing, what, 3-1? Easy yeah. could have been 3-1 in that easy, first half. Easy, Yes. Yeah, 
the only criticism that's still outstanding is that whenever he allows rebounds, he still tends to leave some of those rebounds in the center of the field. Um, and he did it in this particular game at least once and maybe twice. Uh, Perry Kitchen was there to sort of knock things out and 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 do some uh, do some things. So they were there. They covered for it. They got it. There was never really any danger on any of his rebounds. But at the same time, uh, he does have a tendency still to cough up those rebounds towards the center of the field. If he can fix that. Um, and he can put in, again, you talk about Sebastian Legette, and we talk about consistency, uh, seeing David Bingham with that type of consistency. Hopefully he's not he's not uh, uh, challenged with you know 14 shots in the first half every single game. Um, but however that ends up happening, you really need David Bingham to come up, and he has come up um, a couple different times. So uh, this is important for him. Uh, I'm sure that he's happy to, to throw it on all of our faces to say that he can do it, which is great. Again, I think that's the motivation, uh, whether it's back at the fans or back at the media. However they want to sort of cut it up, I think this LA Galaxy team is framing in their minds that they're underdogs. Uh, somehow you can't mm-hmm. be if you're the LA Galaxy, but they think they're underdogs, and that's fine if that's mm-hmm. what they want to think. It's 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 them against the world, and I think that's sort of how it's framing up, and and we've sort of seen that with that. So well, well um, the, me- the other- media, the media, the media in the league have made them have made a five star team feel inferior to a brand new team um, who I've likened to the noisy neighbors. Difference mm-hmm. is, you know, Manchester City being the noisy neighbours has gone off to win, you know, copious amounts of trophies. Um, LAFC, we all know the one they want is the big one. And that's, you know, what I consider to be the big one, of course, is MLS Cup. Right. I think the support shield is very pleasant, but it's mm-hmm. not uh, it's not, a, you know, a star on the shirt. And so I think yeah. they played this game with not only a chip on their shoulder about LAFC, Josh, but also... You got, you got, these are men, right? And Chicharito has been billed as the savior and he's not been there and they've played well without him. And I think that they've been trying to prove a point that they're a team and they're not just relying on him to come in and save the day. And I think this run and these wins has been absolutely brilliant for these players and their confidence, but to also show that he's not the knight in shining armor. He's got to come back now and earn his spot back on this team because you do not disrupt a four- streak winning team by just throwing him back in there they got to ease him back in the same way they did um jonathan as well and yep. so for me there's those two those two components i think are very important for fans to kind of look at and consider yeah i think that's something we're gonna have to watch a little bit is how they sort of feather those guys back into the starting lineups as they come I, neither one of those i i will admit that i don't think either of them will be there for san jose but um they'll be playing in the game they just won't be in the starting lineup larry what were you gonna say I was just going to say, I agree with, with Sophie. You know, it goes back to the old saying, if it ain't fixed or if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with you, Josh. I think both of them will be on the bench. I think they both will get some playing time on Sunday. But no, I don't think, no, they, they won't be starting. No. no but if no, it ain't and broke, don't fix it. Don't fix it. I actually I, like to it go with, go with what Go with what brung you. Yeah, there I'm, you I'm go. by that no works means too. saying, by no means saying that Zubak is the starter, right? That's not what I'm saying at all. But... I think that you make players earn their spot, no matter, you know, whether they're a DP or Tam or just off the street. You just, I think it's going to be good for him. I think he's got to prove himself. I think he's going to work harder to do it as well. And he needs to get a little bit lean. Yeah, there's 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 a built-in sort of thing. We're going to talk about him here in a little bit, but there's a built-in thing with him that he's not 100% fit in terms of you know game fitness, so you can't really put him there. So he's going to get his minutes as a substitute in the next couple of games probably to be able to try and earn that um, back. So uh, we can sort of watch that. I should I should mention 
as well that there is a game going on right now. In fact, the San Jose Earthquakes are in Seattle to play Seattle. Um, looks like there was some rotation in player personnel and everything else that's going on. So I, I am going to try to provide some a little bit of updates as we go because it's interesting to find out um, what is going on. But Seattle is winning that game 2-0, I believe, in the 12th minute. So uh, very quickly uh, overrunning uh, San Jose. San Jose has been struggling, we should point out. Uh, lost to LAFC, um, tied with Colorado, and now uh, losing to Seattle. And they only have two days of rest. Um, and then they're going to be back and uh, and playing the LA Galaxy. So a lot of things in that uh, go, moving towards the LA Galaxy direction. Let's go to Julian Araujo for a second because we talk about people who've been making an impact, making a difference. We talk about Christian Pavone. You talk about Sebastian Legette. You talk about David Bingham and how he's been playing. And one of the most consistent players, in fact, I have him as the second best player on this team in 2020 is Julian Araujo, a 19-year-old right back who's been playing right mid for the LA Galaxy. Um, he got a little write-up. Um, and normally whenever you get written up on the MLS website, it's usually some version of PR that goes, goes astray, that goes awry, um, and really pumps up how good MLS is. I will say that this is probably still the case. Uh, but Matt Doyle was talking about guys who could make the jump to Europe and he talked about homegrowns. Now, the interesting thing is the galaxy, he's not technically a homegrown player because the galaxy actually put him on the roster, uh, a couple months, I think before he could actually be considered a homegrown player. And because of that, uh, he is not a homegrown player, but he still is in, in, in our hearts and in our minds. So we have that. Uh, but Julian Rajo has been playing great. And there's some interesting things in this write-up. Um, and there's there's some hints there. Uh, Doyle says, you know, there's a reason. Basically, he talks about uh, Araujo's defensive ability, about his engine, about how he doesn't quit, um, about his physicality, all these things that we've been seeing from him in recent uh, games. Um, and he says the only thing that's really missing from him is the ability to go forward or more, right, to be comfortable in that attacking role. I agree. Um, I think he plays it very simply whenever he goes up, but he's effective when he does that as well. So something to grow into. You always need to work on stuff. Um, and so that's what you want to see. But um, they mentioned Liverpool um, being interested in him about a couple years ago. Um, and they say, uh, or Matt Doyle says, uh, he's already on the radars of the biggest clubs in Europe. If he keeps playing for the next 18 months the way he's played for the past two, there will be a move. So um, I've been saying that too. So what do you know? Matt Doyle and I actually agree on something, which is something new. So we'll go with that for a little while. Um, but Larry, what do you think of uh, of Julian Araujo so far in this, in this young season? It feels young. It's going to rapidly be old, but young season. Well, first of all, I think he feels fortunate that Mark Anthony K didn't break his ankle in that tackle during the LAFC match. He was, uh, I mean, you talk about a warranted red card. Holy smoke, that was ridiculous. Um, I think he's been... Tremendous. He's really showing much of his potential. And I think another underlying issue um, is what national team is he going to play for? The United States or Mexico? I mean, yeah, if I'm right Greg now. Berhold, the coach of, you know, coach of the, the U.S. team, I'm uh, parking myself by his front door and say, uh, Julian, are you interested? You better be interested in playing for us. Yeah. No, but, but he's yeah, been Berhold excellent. And Burhalter had a chance to play him and did not play him in the last, uh, I think, yeah. in the January camp. And so there was a little bit of a chip on his shoulder for that as well. Sophie, what have you seen from the young Julian Araujo, only 19 years old? Can you see him playing for your arsenal very soon? I wouldn't mind. Take him right now. You know, it's for me, he is a fun player to watch. 
I think I wrote this about Pavon on Twitter the other day. Pavon is fun to watch. There aren't a lot of there are a lot of good players and great players that you watch, but there, there aren't too many fun players to watch. And whenever Pavon gets the ball, he's exciting. I think with Araujo, what I love about him is it's his movement that is almost fun to watch. That kid is everywhere. He's kind of like you know, um, you know, like in Batman, where you know he, he all of a sudden. He, the screen's blank, but then in two seconds, Batman just appears and then you turn around and go 50 feet down the street and Batman's just standing there like that. He reminds me of Batman. He's everywhere. And I think once he gets that finesse with his final pass, that's where I felt so many times he bombed it on the flanks against LAFC and his final ball and his decision-making wasn't the best. But once he finesses that and he really works on that, I think he is just going to be just an explosive, thrilling player um, to watch over the next few years. He's definitely a revelation. And I think LA Galaxy fans, he's become a cult hero very quickly, hasn't he? Yeah, overnight. Speaking very of Batman, holy, holy football, Sophie. Holy football. <laughs> That's right. There you go, Larry. Uh, Larry, what do you think? Uh, you, you've also got to see Julian Rajo. We've seen this kid play. I've had the fortunate, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to talk to him. Um and in the progression between the last couple of seasons and talking to Julian Rajo, he went from being a 17, 18-year-old kid to a 19-year-old man. And you can just tell by, by talking to him, this is, a, this is a kid who's matured just in those couple of years. Uh, Larry, you think, uh, you think his time with the LA Galaxy is short? Or is this somebody maybe the LA Galaxy could hold on for his entire career? Oh, I don't think they're going to be able to hold on to him for his entire career. And first of all, I would play him ahead of Rolf Felcher right back. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, not that I'm not a Rolf Elcher fan, but seeing the two of them, I mean, I go for, I go for uh, Julian. I don't think he will spend his career in MLS. I think he's headed over to Europe. Maybe not, maybe for another, not for another year or two, but certainly he has that potential to be playing in the big time. I mean, I, I right. really, I really, I, I really think so. Now, will the Galaxy try to keep him? Who knows? I think there are other issues for them to worry about first. Yeah, Somebody there, there are. Speaking. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are a whole bunch of uh, of issues to sort of look at there. I'll say that right now, as the LA Galaxy are currently, you know, uh, formulated, um, him and Rolf Felcher are the best combination for defense that the LA Galaxy have. Just moving simply, putting somebody like Efrain Alvarez at right midfield or moving, you know, uh, and moving Julian Rajo there actually leaves the Galaxy more exposed on the defense than if you just have Rolf Felcher playing right back and Julian Araujo playing right mid. I think his versatility, being able to play right mid, being able to play right back, is one of the reasons that Europe will come calling. Um, I don't know if they come calling in December, but I think they do come calling um, next summer and possibly into the next December. It'll be interesting to see because I imagine that that number is not going to be small for the LA Galaxy. Um, this is not a kid who probably goes to um, you know, a lower-level Bundesliga team. It's probably going to be one of the mid-to-upper-level Bundesliga teams whenever you're looking at it as well. Larry? Now, Josh, I want you to mark that down, what you just said. Mark that down, and we're going to see if that come, comes true. I mean, you've very nope. rarely been wrong. Only no, I'm wrong all the time. But no, we, we know I'm wrong all the time. By the way, by so the time... So he's time, wrong all the time. <laughs> no, Aww. I don't think that's true either. Uh, I was going to say, as we've been... As we've been talking about Julian Rajo, Seattle has scored a further two more times. It's 4 nothing now in the no. 19th minute over San Jose. 
Um, so yes, uh, San Jose is losing four nothing in about the 19th, 20th minute. So uh, I, I guess we'll keep giving you updates because it sounds like it's going to get ridiculous. So we might as well just keep watching it and, and seeing how it goes. Um, by the way, there is still no schedule for the LA Galaxy to play Seattle in phase one. It looks like it's going to be pushed to phase two, which means there's going to be 13 games in phase two for the LA Galaxy. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I want to get to this. This was the big news. Um, two big news sort of things. One is Chicharito is back. That's one. But the, the first one I want to talk about is Christian Pavone staying with the LA Galaxy. Now, we've talked a whole bunch on this podcast about how $20 million is ridiculous. We didn't think it was $20 million for the buyout clause. Um, we thought it was less than that. In fact, Dennis DeClose has hinted that it's been much less than that. Um, so we said $20 million is, an, is, an, is, is a non-starter. It's not going to happen. Um, however, there was a report that came out that said, uh, basically from uh, TY Sports in Argentina, and sometimes this is good news, sometimes this is bad news. We'll see how it goes. But the report says that Boca would be happier with more than $10 million. Now, um, I think that that is somewhere in the reasonable range. I always said, uh, and you can go back and listen to any of my 700 podcasts that I've done, I've always said that uh, Christian Pavone, if the number got to single digits, that the LA Galaxy would make that deal. We are now one digit away from single digits. I feel pretty confident that if the Galaxy go anywhere between 9 and $12 million, it seems like it would probably get this deal done, um, which is an interesting move for the LA Galaxy. It's a lot of money, but you're talking about a guy who is 24 years old, playing in his prime. You could possibly sell him on. Uh, Sophie, would you pay uh, $12 million for Christian Pavone? Yes, because he's the best player in MLS right now. And I, I think that's undeniable with Vela not playing. Um, Chicharito is unproven in the league. He's proven as a star uh, at international level and also playing for some of the biggest clubs in Europe. But right now, when it comes to MLS, he's the best player. I mean, how much did LAFC pay for Rodriguez? I mean, they paid, what, 11, 12 for him? Yeah, I, I think some, so. Some, right? So if you're looking at them paying that kind of money for him, you've got to say to yourself that 10 million with the potential, like you say, Josh, that in a couple of years time, they can sell him on for 20 um, because he's going to attract and is already attracting attention from some of the top European clubs. We heard the line himself raving about him in press conferences, you know, um, face to face not so long ago. So for me, if LA Galaxy want to show any ambition whatsoever to really turn this around and build the next phase championship winning team. They've got to sign him and they've got to keep a player like Araujo as well, because that's where you, you really kind of, it's that, it's that statement of intent. And I think that kind of signing would really show fans that the next phase of LA Galaxy's chapter with this new young team, um, you know, you can't not buy Pavon. If you let him go, what's what does the shell of that team look like? Think about it right yeah. now if he wasn't playing for this team. Yeah, yeah. I know you you probably have to have a youngster like Kai Kareniuk out there. I mean, and that's... You're you, never you going to... It's about not the, the same. It's not no, going to be no, good and, enough. And, and it can't be. It can't be. Larry, you know, at $20 million, that's a lot of money. Um, so, I mean, I would imagine that you would say $20 million, you probably can't afford Christian Pavone. But if you have that, if you bring it down to the 10 or 12, to the, to the Galaxy and AEG, understanding that AEG has been hemorrhaging money during the pandemic, does AEG find $12 million somewhere to get, you know, Christian Pavone? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I yeah. certainly don't feel sorry for AEG. I mean, come on, don't feel yes, sorry I for don't. them at all. But if I'm, but if I'm the LA Galaxy, 
Now, one thing about Christian Pavone, he said repeatedly he loves it in Southern California. He yes. loves the Galaxy. He loves playing for his Coloto. He likes it here. So that's one thing working in their favor. But if I'm the only Galaxy, I, I uh, bring up a, a Brinks truck, park it in front of the Beckham statue. Right. I bring over Christian. I open the uh-huh. back door and I say, Christian, take as much as you want. <laughs> right. And it's yours. As yes. much as you want. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what it costs. But again, I think you're right, Josh. I think $20 million might be a little bit too much. But between 10 and 15 million, the money's yours, Christian. The money's yours. Yeah, it, it seems like it. Transfer market currently has this value at 12.1 million. Um, again, it makes me feel good I about my it. numbers. Yeah, it makes me feel really good, good about my numbers just to sort of sit there and say, hey, okay, somewhere between 9 and 12, I always felt was probably a good number. Even 13, I mean, so you overpay by a million, right? Um, some people are saying that you could get as much as $40 million for Christian Pavone in Europe. I think that's probably a little strong, but 20, 22, 25 is not unreasonable you when you see some of the players who have gone over to the over to UK uh, recently, um, you know, maybe some Almarones, um, what some some uh, Joseph Martinez, you know that type of that type of player. I mean, you're you're looking at a player right now who has been so consistent. He has 21 goals and assists combined in 20 games played for the LA Galaxy. Um, he's quietly no no he is quietly the best player in the league. And uh, for LA Galaxy fans, he actually showed up in in El Traficos to score goals. So you know that's always good too. Um, so it, it it's a big he's deal. A baller. I, I, oh, he is. He's also and, a baller. He's tough. He is. He's a tough kid. Um, he doesn't go down with contact. You see that. In fact, he'd probably get more calls if he did go down with contact. It's one of the things maybe you could almost criticize. Um, but the, the, here's the thing. Behind the scenes, the Galaxy went from being pessimistic about keeping him to optimistic they could keep him. Then this report comes out, and now you understand why the LA Galaxy might be a little more optimistic about keeping him. It all makes sense. We look for connecting the dots of things to make sense. This makes sense. Um, in terms of how it goes. The only sort of hiccup is Boca is saying that Pavone, however, is still subject to superior offers from Europe. So if Argen- so if Boca was out here and they were like, hey, let's drum up some interest for Christian Pavone, leaving that little piece of information right there probably does the trick because somebody could spend $12 million on Christian Pavone without blinking. Arsenal could drop $12 million for Christian Pavone without even thinking about it. Yeah, I'll blame Sophie if he goes, by the way. I could see him going to somewhere like Everton, you know, somewhere yeah. like Ancelotti. Sure. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that scouts are watching him, and Boca would no be no daft no. not to be putting out the feelers to see what the top dollar is. It's all going to be about him at the end of the day. It'll be his decision and what makes him happy. And say, you know, finding out very happy living in Southern California is massive these days. Players want to be surrounded by comforts and happiness. And the modern player, the younger player is very different um, to, you know, players that came through in our generation. So I think that's going to play a massive part for him. But if a team like Borussia Dortmund comes calling or even a Valencia, Sevilla, somewhere in La Liga, um, a Villarreal, someone like that, you know, and they can get 15 to 20 million for it, that that causes a problem for LA Galaxy. So it's not guaranteed. Hey, Sophie, could he play for a team like Arsenal? Right now, I would say no, he wouldn't get into yeah. that team. But that's only because, you know, we have Villian and we have Pepe. And I think I think sure. Pavon's very versatile. I think he can play. Um, that's the beauty about him, right? I mean, when, when it's the last 20 minutes of the game and he takes on that lone striker role, he's so 
effective. His speed yeah. is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, but there's no reason why he can't play for a Premier League team. Yes. Yeah. I, I think yeah, he it's could. Sure. Hey, got to get this deal done now if you're the LA Galaxy. I don't think you want to wait no because, doubt. as you say, one, every time he plays, he gets more expensive. Um, and two is that there exactly. are going to be other options sort of coming from Europe, so you got to close that down. By the way, David in the chat room had uh, had a great deal that would that I think the LA Galaxy would be happy to make happen. Uh, they'll give Boca Juniors $12 million plus Pipo Gonzalez. Just that simple. Just right there, and, and away they go. I always, I always love it when people throw in players at the at, at the end. They always make me laugh. And a Jorgen Shelvick, too. Why not? You know, make that one. He's on loan now, but you'll call him back and you'll send him to Boca Juniors, too. Um, I can't see Jorgen well, holding Pedro. up well. Yeah, yeah. I can't see Jorgen held, holding up well in the heat of uh, of, of Argentina's, by the way. Um, so anyway, so that's where we're, we're sort of at with that. That's that's an interesting thing. Something to watch. We'll continue to watch it. We'll tell you if there's any updates, but that's what we have right now. All right. Uh, the big news out of the uh, press conference today is Javier Hernandez, Mr. Chicharito himself, is back to full team training. He has been training with the L.A. Galaxy for the last four days. Um, we He is recovering from a grade two slash almost grade three uh, uh, calf strain. This that was according to him. Basically, uh, I was talking to uh, Sarah from South Pasadena, who's a, a listener of ours and and very knowledgeable on injuries. And so her and I were discussing this. Uh, a grade two tear is a very severe tear. A grade three would be a complete tear of the muscle. So it would be a completely torn if it's grade three. So if you're if it's a two almost three. You can't go backwards in terms of, you know, hey, once it's completely torn, you can't like downgrade that. So it's probably a very severely strained grade two muscle tear um, for uh, Javier Hernandez. And so he went in there and uh, was out training today. But I want to know what you guys think. Um, he says that he's ready to play one minute or 90 minutes, somewhere in between there, probably. Uh, and that the call is up to Guillermo Barrescoloto. Larry, how would you uh, fit Chicharito back into this lineup for San Jose? Well, first of all, about his injury, I always, I always said, I remember, I remember talking to Kevin about this. Is that when he was, when Chicharito was off for such a long length of time, I said, this is not a strain. This is, this has got to be some kind of a tear, and it, and it was. Um, but as far as as Sunday, um, I certainly can see him play maybe twenty or thirty minutes. You know, put him on the bench at the start of the match. He's not match fit, training fit and match fit. There's such a difference between the fitness levels. Um, I think he will see some playing time this this uh, weekend, about yeah, twenty or thirty yeah. minutes at, at the end of the match. Yeah, Sophie. Sophie, now I know you were a little bit. You were saying, "Hey, he has to uh, to go ahead and he has to earn this spot and come back and do it." Uh, do you you got to start working mm-hmm. him in this lineup though? So is is Larry right about twenty or thirty minutes? No way. There's uh, he can't play twenty no. or thirty minutes right now. I don't see that. I really don't. Number one. Um, He hasn't played since Orlando. He wasn't fit when he was playing in Orlando. And um, COVID, uh, he wasn't working out the same way he would every single day during the initial lockdown of of the pandemic. And I think right now, there's no reason to take any risks with him whatsoever. If LA Galaxy are winning the game and it's 2-0, 2-1, I say they bring him on maybe for... 10 minutes at the end uh, at best, but I can't see him starting. To me, he looks like he's carrying a few extra pounds as well. And I say that with respect because he's an athlete. I'm not trying to be a online bully or say anything negative about him, but 
He, like Carlos Vela was carrying extra weight compared to what, the way we're used to seeing Vela too when he got that injury and he pulled up. I wasn't surprised that he did because he didn't look like he was in shape. And this has been the worry for a lot of players, hasn't it? Is during this time yep. when they're not performing and they're not training the same way and things are different, um, we were expecting injuries. So would I love to see him play? Yes, but there's absolutely no reason to rush him back after having a tear and then have him regress because he's he wasn't at that optimal fitness level before he was injured anyway. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm. I think that just in fitness wise, the the five to ten last sort of minutes is probably good. Maybe you could stretch out to fifteen. I don't know why you would. If you're losing, maybe maybe you try it. Um, I I think that there's the the Galaxy have already been successful in phase one in my mind. You won as many more, way more games than I ever thought anybody was going to win uh, for the LA Galaxy. You have 12 points. Um, if for some reason things go sideways in San Jose, we're going to talk about the San Jose game. But the weird thing is the Galaxy are favored in this game, and I I don't. It's weird it's for them to be favored. It's a banana favored. skin. It's a banana skin <laughs> game for them. It they is. Got, is they, they can they, slip up. Yeah, yeah they, is they that can a British slip. term? <laughs> it, 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 it sure is, Larry, <laughs> not on Twitter. <laughs> I was going to say, if we were talking about the chicken skin, I was I was ready to do that. And the broken muscle. We've had all sorts of different things uh, said on this program uh, recently. But yeah, um, it is it is a slip game for them, and we'll talk about that. Here's the thing for Chicharito is that um, I'm concerned actually with the way that the galaxy play with Zubak, which by the way, I'm going to, let me, let me state this very clearly. And I think I've stated this very clearly on other shows, um, is that, uh, Chicharito is an upgrade from Ethan Zubak and that's no offense to Ethan Zubak. Great kid, really trying, working hard, doing all the things that you want him to do really great, but he's an upgrade. Chicharito is, is used to be a world-class striker. I'm not going to put him in that level anymore, but he is a very, very good striker and the LA galaxy should be able to use him very, very well. Having said all of that, uh, you know, Ethan Zubak is very, very good at uh, hold-up play. He's good at using his height. Uh, the Galaxy sometimes lob balls into him. And I don't know that that's Chicharito's strong point because he's not very tall. And physically, um, he's he, he's not as big. Um, he's just not. He doesn't take up space the same way. So there is going to be an adjustment to how he plays. Now, maybe he plays closer to how Pavone plays whenever Pavone plays up top. Different speed-wise, but still different. So we've seen the Galaxy be, be successful in these different things. Um, it's just that having to add Jonathan Dos Santos, who, by the way, still not 100%. Um, Guillermo was talking today and basically said Chicharito, Chicharito is ready. They'll talk to him after training. They'll see how many minutes they put him in, and then they'll play him. Same thing with Jonathan Dos Santos. He's not 100% yet. He's getting there, um, but we'll talk to him after training. We'll see it. I can see Jonathan Dos Santos starting this San Jose game because eventually he's going to need to get you know that 45, 60 minutes out of him, and he's been getting about 30 so maybe he plays the entire second half. Maybe he starts this game. I, maybe the second half makes some more sense. But having looked at these two, you're going to now have to feather these two players in to this offense that is working, that is clicking. And there's no doubt about it, guys. They, they have to put these guys into the lineups. These, these are important players for the LA Galaxy. And if they're going to be actual MLS Cup contenders, they have to get these guys to perform. Uh, Larry, you had, a, you had a comment. Oh Yeah, I couldn't be more excited to have these guys back in the lineup. It's going to be oh my really nice God. to see these <laughs> Mexican internationals. I'm saying, where did this boys come from? What is this? <laughs> hey, Eric, how you doing? How's it going, guys? Wow, surprise. A you, you guys... a, a wedding yeah. crashing situation here. Yeah, I was going to say. Where's the panda? Who's yeah, next? No, we don't, come on. The, the, bo 
the boxes can't get any skinnier, Sophie. This is it. All right, this is as skinny as the boxes go. For you listening on the podcast, we're in. We're in a. We, we call it the skinny four box. All right. So, um, no, I'm good. I'm, I, yeah, we needed more talking heads here. So you know, that's. I just thought I, I'd crash the party and 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 uh, and crash the show. But I'll let you guys get back to it. I just wanted to say hello. Have a good evening, everyone. Jonathan is is that he recently said. He's been suffering some abdominal pain, and you really right. have to worry about that. You know, he's recovered yeah. from his sports hernia surgery. You have to wonder just – you can't really take a chance with him. I don't know what his status will be. I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting. Oh. He, wanted, he, wanted, he just wanted to stop by. He had a back-to-school night, and we should use that in quotation marks because nobody's actually back to school, so I don't know what he was doing. He was – I told him – I told him he was fired for this week. So quite honestly, you know, now he really is fired for next week for sure. Um, but anyway, so it, that that's where we sit with Chicharito. Let's get to some more press conference stuff, though, because I was sort of promised that there might be an update on Yoni Gonzalez and what time he would be here. So I was all excited to ask Guillermo the first question. And I really wanted to find out about Yoni Gonzalez because I was going to be the one who finally got Guillermo to say, yeah, he's on his way. He's not on his way. Um, I don't know what to tell you. What, what's it, going it, on? Like, what's what's the situation? Uh, it's visa issues, but it's nothing specific to Yoni Gonzalez, right? It's He's in Brazil right now. I should point that out. So he, he's Colombian, but he's in Brazil because that's where he was playing. That's where he was on loan. Um, and so Yoni is in Brazil, and he needs to get his visa paperwork through the American embassy, the, the U.S. embassy, and also through Brazilian sort of ways and going out. And Brazil is being obviously ravaged by coronavirus. The United States is being ravaged by coronavirus. Looking at all of those in between, um, it, there's been some delays. And so it, it's going to be a little bit longer. Uh, Guillermo says he doesn't have his visa, but he said that whenever he does get his visa, um, he is going to be able to be here quickly. That was what Guillermo said there's a whole question about whether or not there's a quarantine period in here as well, whether or not he's going to have to come right. in and like sit in a hotel room for 10 days. Yeah. Um, and I think that with the testing, the LA galaxy are able to do that. They can shorten that amount of time um, to do that. So um, it's important to sort of understand that he's still not here. And by the way, this is a guy who hasn't been playing. So we're, this is a long haul thing. Now, if they can't get him in, um, it's going to be a, a longer sort of, you know, progression and period to work him into these things. So um, I'll tell you that's sort of my Yanni Gonzalez. I was hoping that there would be more. Uh, if you're on the Discord, I've been giving you sort of the behind the scenes about what's been what I've been hearing about Yoni Gonzalez and how that's been progressing. And we were supposed to get confirmation and that didn't happen. So Yoni Gonzalez, not here yet. Mr. Larry Morgan. Yes, sir. Josh, sorry to, sorry to interrupt you. We were just talking about how Chicharito is going to fit into this lineup that doing is doing so well without him. Where is Yanni uh, Gonzalez going to fit once he shows up on scene? That's going to be really interesting. You think you think it's a question because I know I know where he's going. I mean, it's not it's not even a, to me. It's the no brainer. So I don't know. Is this is this Sophie? Do you have questions about where Yoni Gonzalez is going to play? I I I mean yes. Where okay. what's so obvious about where he's going to start based on the team as it is right now with yeah, Chicharito well, coming back. Yeah, once he's up to speed in terms of he has fitness and he's ready to start games, he'll play at right midfield, and Julian Araujo is going to play at right back. I mean, that's that's the answer. Rolf Felcher gets pushed to the bench. So the, my whole my whole argument with keeping Rolf Felcher 
and and Julian Araujo together is because they cover for each other very well. Felcher will go up and then not come back, but Julian Araujo will cover for Araujo, cover for Felcher, and so they move. And Araujo sits into that fifth defender role all the time. He tucks inside a Rolf. So it makes sense for that to sort of happen. Yanni Gonzalez is that exact type of player that Julian Araujo is currently playing at right mid, which is a guy who goes forward, who's physical, who can get in on the attack, but he also can play defense. And so he's going to be expected to do the things that Julian Araujo is doing right now. And then you upgrade at right back with Julian Araujo whenever he's there because he is the better defender than Rolf Felcher. So that's why, in my mind, there's not a question. And yes, I am perfectly aware. And I think all Galaxy fans should be nervous about the fact that you're going to have to mix these different people in and you're going to have to mess with something. But the Galaxy, as they've been winning games right now, are not an MLS Cup winning team. They're good. Um, they might be in the mm-hmm. top five to ten places in Major League. I mean, top ten for sure. I can see that um, with how they've been playing right now. Um, but remember how horrible they were in in Orlando and remember that Guillermo so far in his tenure with the LA Galaxy has had streaky teams um so you know to think that this form is permanent right now I think would be a be a fallacy for me I'm not, that's that's not something that's going to continue um I, I don't, don't know think I, it's permanent but they've turned the corner for sure and I think you know what the more I see them now the more I hear them in the presses uh I don't think they took Orlando I don't think they were ready for Orlando I don't think the team was mentally and physically prepared like most of the teams, but I don't think they wanted to be there. They played like they didn't want to be there. They really did. And I don't think there was no sense of urgency. No, there was none. And I think that LA Galaxy are an MLS five time championship win inside. This is, they're taking this seriously. This is the business end for them. This is what Mm -hmm. they do. And so I think there's been a total mind shift. And they've gone into total game mode because they feel like the season's actually started now. I think that's the major difference. So I agree with you, Josh. No one should get too excited. But how many standout teams are there right now? You know, I think I think Seattle always look good. I think Columbus have been riding that wave. Yep. Um, Sporting KC. Sporting KC, but. Minnesota's you know, look pretty good a too. Long way to go, but they've they've also yeah. had a uh, they also have uh, had a couple bad games, haven't they too? So I don't know. I just don't see a standout standout team right now. Yeah, I think I think Columbus with their defense has certainly been been one of the stories of this early one. Minnesota has been a, a fairly recent uh, addition to that. I'm just saying. The LA Galaxy went uh, won five games in a row last year at the beginning of the season. They went un, in, unbeaten in seven, um, and then they fell off a cliff after that. I'm saying this is a different team, and I've said that because they play as a team now, they're more consistent. They can be more consistent because they're not relying on one guy to do everything. Um, and so that's that's a good part of this, and that's one of the reasons that I think they have changed. Um, but I've I've seen I've been I've watched I've watched too much soccer. I know you all have too, Larry. Especially you, how old you are. You've seen so much soccer. Um, <laughs> I I like. I would get really angry if anybody got went after Larry, by the way, but I'm allowed to do it. Like that's sort of my, you know, it's like, it's like we're, we're brothers. I'm allowed to make, make fun of my brother, but if anybody, well, let's be honest, not really brother. No, I wasn't going to do that to you. Um, you know, it, it's, if anybody went after my brother, I'd defend him, but Larry, um, we've seen too much soccer. We we've known this. Sophie, you've seen it as well. We've seen these teams have these starts, have these fits in between where they look invincible and then mm-hmm. suddenly they can't, they can't win a game to save their life. So 
I just I want to I want to believe I want to believe that this Galaxy team is different and they're playing differently. You can see just in the way the stats are popping up. But hey, Josh. Yeah, Larry. You want to know how much soccer I've watched? I go back yes. to 1968 in Cleveland, Ohio, watching the Cleveland Stokers play a team from Santos, wow. Brazil, featuring Pele. Yeah. At Cleveland Stadium, they they and they did not put grass on in the infield that day, and Cleveland no. beat them two to one. That's how go. far wow. back I go watching this game. I know, Larry. You should write a book. You better get on that. Um, <laughs> by the way, little no, little I write enough for you. Yeah, I know. It's almost a book. If I put them all together and I stapled them, I could put them in a binding there. It would be great. Um, the uh, the Seattle San Jose game is five nothing. Uh, it was five nothing in the thirty ninth minute. So, it's um, a I, is is that a bad Mail thing? Is this a bad thing for the LA Galaxy though? Like San Jose's just going to rest now, right? I mean, they're not really going to try to get back in this game. The game's over. It's it's done. So are they really not not doing stuff? I mean, San Jose, LA Galaxy is always always going to be bad, and I think what bad it's always going to be. Um, you, you know, no matter who's in form, anything can happen in those games, right? So, yeah. the the original rival in California. Um, here's the scoop with the team, real quick, Josh, because I know you want to bounce um, off to, to a couple of other bits before we go, yep. but. This team has been a tale of two halves, forgive the cliche, but it's true. In the first half against LAFC, they were all over the place. I mean, it was not, they had moments, Pavon had moments. In the game against San Jose, um, remember that young fella, the 16-year-old kid, scored a mm -hmm. goal. Everyone was raving about his goal, and I was like, no one closed him down and Bingham should never have been beaten on the near post like that, right? right. So right, I right. think they've been this team where they play one half badly, which validates what you're saying about worrying about them. And then they'll come out in the second half and it'll be like, where was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's a problem, though. You have to wonder though. what that... uh, Scalotto's halftime speeches are like. Hey, I asked him last time. All right, he told us what what his what his halftime speech was, and basically he said that you know we need to control the ball more. He goes lots of little passes, which by the way, if he would have said it in Orlando, and I think I said it on Monday night, if he says that in Orlando, I'm like I'm I want to smack him. Right? You're like, come on, dude, you're getting you're getting blown out. Small passes isn't right. going to be the seeing what he's done now with this team. You say yes, that's exactly what you needed to do, and it made a, a whole bunch of sense. So uh, we're going to go on a little bit. I want to get to phase two scheduling. Here's the deal. We're recording this podcast on Thursday, um, September 10th. The schedule is was supposed to come out today. Um, it didn't. Okay, so I just want to let everybody know that the phase two schedule did not. It was supposed to come out today. It did not. It's supposed to come out on Friday. So as you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you're going to at least know the next three games the LA Galaxy are going to play in the next three games for all the rest of the teams. MLS is trying to buy themselves time. Perry Kitchen talked about it today, still having trouble with the Canadian teams. Okay, the Canadian teams, where they're going to play. The three, basically the week that they're buying themselves by announcing the next three, almost two weeks by announcing the next three games, might allow them to have Canada teams stay in Canada instead of relocating down to the United States. So they're waiting because they don't want to keep having the Canadian teams just play each other. Uh, eventually it just becomes, you know, the Canadian uh, Premier League, which has already started up there. So however that happens, there's probably going to be there. We know there are 13 more games for the LA Galaxy. We know that that's coming. Um, I know at least one opponent and I guess this is breaking news. Uh, who knows? I've been on I've been on this this podcast for at least forty five minutes. So they, somebody else could have had it. Um, 
There you go. Perfect. Perfect. That was what we needed for the breaking news. Um, the LA Galaxy look like they're going to be scheduled to play LAFC one more time in phase two. So you're going to have four matchups of El Traficos. I think that's ridiculous. Um, I think MLS is leaning on this rivalry way too much. Uh, it's too young. And quite honestly, now I'm kind of worried for LAFC because they haven't scored a goal in 180 minutes. And if they lose another shutout, are they going to get relegated? I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of real worry to, to sort of look at this um, in, in some different things. But, you know, that seems like that's going to be at least one game. I only know one. It's not one of the next three. Um, it's just eventually they're going to play them one more time. And 13 games remaining for the LA Galaxy right now should have been 12 but they didn't play the game against Seattle, and that's going to have to get rescheduled in this phase two as well. So 13 games. Larry, yes, sir. Josh, uh, as we were both on the conference call this afternoon, the Zoom call with Perry Kitchen, he hinted that the schedule is going to be very packed. And, and if they thought the recent batch of games was real constricted, I don't think they've seen nothing yet <laughs> as far as phase two goes. Yeah, Perry basically mentioned that there were 13 games within the next seven to eight weeks. Um, that's yes. a ton. And basically Crazy. you look at it, 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 that's, you know, that's two months, two months. We're supposed to be in the playoffs, right? And we're supposed to have 18 teams in the playoffs, nine from each conference. Right. So you, you're, there are not that many in, in years past, we would say there's just 13 games remaining in the season. This is the crunch time. This is one of this. It feels like the season is just getting like sort of revved up, but realistically you're, you're hitting the stretch right now. Uh, 13 games remaining for the LA galaxy in very good position. But as we've seen four games can change the standings completely. So think of how many times things are going to change between here and now and how streaky things are going to be and how tired teams are going to be and how much depth they're going to have to rely, rely on. This is a, a marathon sprint. It's like, it's like you're going to have to run, you know, 40 miles instead of 26, but you have to do it faster than you ran 26 miles. I mean, it's, it, it's just, it's going to be relentless. Um, so the LA Galaxy coming out playing at, uh, let's see, the Earthquake Stadium, right? Because it's not Avaya Stadium. We have to say it correctly because Avaya is right. no longer there. So right. Earthquake Stadium on Sunday, September 13th. It's an 8 p.m. kickoff time uh, for that game. I want you to get you the standings here real quick, and then I want to get uh, everybody. We're going to talk about the San Jose game, and then we're probably going to wrap it up. So we'll run a little bit longer than we normally do, but not too much here. Um, the Western Conference standings right now, you have Minnesota United leading. Um, if you watched any of the four games or five games, Games that were on last night, and I know there were a bunch of Galaxy fans hate watching uh, the uh, the LAFC game against uh, Real Salt Lake. Uh, I know because you were t- you were on the Discord and you were texting me, so I, I know those things were happening. Um, but if you saw that, Real Salt Lake ended up winning that game rather convincingly. Um, so Real Salt Lake is in seventh place right now. They are tied basically with the LA Galaxy at 14 points. The Galaxy are in fourth place. Uh, all depends on sort of how they they rank these different things. Uh, Minnesota United currently in first place in the Western Conference, Sporting Kansas City in second place. Those two teams are tied at the top. Uh, the Eastern Conference, Columbus and Toronto sit atop at the bottom. Uh, Inter Miami, who just beat Atlanta, um, and uh, the Chicago Fire are in 14th over there on the Eastern Conference. If you look at the Supporter Shield, this Columbus crew, we talked about them. Uh, goals against so far through 10 games played is two. Just to, uh, they actually tie the 2010 LA Galaxy, I believe, in wow. that stat through 10 games. So if you want to go back and, and see a good team, uh, the LA Galaxy 2010 team should have won an MLS Cup and somehow got lost to Dallas in the playoffs. Uh, Columbus Crew are, are top there. Toronto's in second. Philadelphia in third. So you have three Eastern Conference teams, and that's Minnesota in the West. The Western Conference, more difficult conference right now. That's one of the reasons those Eastern Conference teams are sort of stretching things out. All right, let's get to this game. 
the LA Galaxy playing at uh, Earthquake Stadium in San Jose, 8 p.m. kickoff time. Unamas and TUDN are your television choices. Uh, we have some interesting things going on, including uh, that uh, Seattle, or excuse me, that San Jose has now been winless in their last three games. We talked about a 5-1 loss at LAFC, 1-1 versus Colorado, currently losing 5 nothing to the Seattle Sounders up in Seattle. They only have two days of rest. They will travel back down from Seattle tonight and then play the host the LA Galaxy on Sunday. So um, a lot of things, one of the things to watch, and we're not 100% sure on this, so uh, just in case you weren't thinking about this, there's a possibility this game does not get played in San Jose. Um, in fact, there's a possibility this game might get postponed. Uh, the air quality in San Jose is is not good um, in the San Francisco Bay Area and all those areas around there. So it's not good. And because of that, um, with all the fires going around with, you know, California basically on fire right now, um, you, they may not be able to play this game. That doesn't seem to be the case yet, but just sort of keep that in the back of your mind that that is a possibility. So it uh, should be fun to sort of watch. Uh, I don't know. What do you I mean? I think we are leading to this, and we've hinted at it before, but Sophie, the, the LA Galaxy are favorites in this game. They're clear favorites. It's not even close. They should easily walk into San Jose and slap them across the face, and Guillermo can yell at Almeida, and it, it should be a fun time, and everybody has a great time, and they come back. I mean, that's what should happen in this game, and we haven't had one of those in a very long time. Um, okay, so the air quality here where we live, and we're in Southern California, where there are less fires is really bad today and yesterday. I just can't see how they can go ahead and play this game under the current conditions. Um, things are bad enough as it is. Players are dealing with a lot as it is. And like you're talking about condensed schedules. Uh, and I really do think that, I mean, I just don't, I guess even when I started watching the NFL stuff tonight and you hear about them talking about Patrick Mahomes' $500 million contract. And now Michael's like, well, the other way you could say that is half a billion dollars. And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, there are people right now who have lost their homes, who right. don't have a job because of COVID. There's so much going on. And I think MLS can get away with it a little, a little more because it's seen as the poor man's league, if you like. Right. Uh, but I just think we need to start being a little bit careful about it's great to have sports back. But in some cases, how important is it for some of these games to go ahead? With that said, if it does, LA Galaxy are absolutely the informed team. Um, San Jose, I thought, you know, collapsed a little bit in that game at uh, Dignity, um, Dignity Health Sports Park just a few weeks ago. How long ago was that? Two weeks ago? Yeah, um, I think so. Yes. Two weeks. Two weeks. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, losing 5-0 to Seattle, uh, granted they're a better team, but... Oof, something's not right there, is it? There's either a coaching no. issue there, players not playing for the coach, players not playing. Um, maybe I haven't seen the lineup, so I don't know if their regular starters all started, Josh. But there's that's, a little that's rotation. A problem. Yeah, a yeah, little, they've been right. rotating. They've they've been rotating a lot, actually. If you look from game to game, there's been a lot of sort of movement in these last three games. So we'll we'll sort of see where that sits whenever they actually play the LA Galaxy on Sunday, or if they do, uh, Larry. Uh, the LA Galaxy in San Jose, this was a team coming into this season that the Galaxy had trouble with. We've seen that. Um, but having looked at them in that game at Dignity Health Sports Park, so you and I were there. I know, Larry, I think you got to watch. Did you get to watch that game, Larry? Or no? Was that one of the ones you weren't able? Okay, so you didn't get to watch it. I will tell you this, that the LA Galaxy looked like they were never going to lose that game. Like there was never yeah, a I doubt in it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the highlights, you know, show show the LA Galaxy winning. So I, you know, I don't know what to, I don't tell you, but no, in that game, you could tell that they they weren't going to lose that game. So, Larry, I mean, did the Galaxy screw it up here? I don't know. I mean, I can understand why they're the favorite in this game because they won the previous game two weeks ago, three to two. But again, I assembled our crack corner of the Galaxy research staff to come up with some numbers. And as far as the Galaxy playing on the road against San Jose in the last nine matches on the road, the Galaxy are a whopping two, four, and three. Oh, yes. And in their last meeting on the road against the Earthquakes, they lost three nothing. So even though Sophia said the Galaxy is the informed team, I expect it's going to be a tough one. And even though the Earthquakes are getting slaughtered tonight – Yes. I still think it's going to be a tough one. They have a history of not doing particularly well up there, whether it's at Earthquake Stadium or at Stanford. Yeah, let me it's give just you their, the uh, their track record. Let me give you the all time. These are these are two original teams, so um, it, it helps whenever you go all time as well. Uh, the Galaxy have thirty two wins, Earthquakes twenty four wins, and they have fifteen ties between them um, at San Jose. All time. Uh, Galaxy 11 wins, two shootout wins for them, um, and 49 goals. Uh, let's see, and it ties nine. So, um, so the Earthquake 17, 11, and nine versus the LA Galaxy in San Jose. Uh, I was at one of the games that they actually won at the former Avaya Stadium, which is now Earthquake Stadium. Um, I went up there and saw the LA Galaxy win, and I want to say that was in 2017, 2018, 2018, I think it was. Um, well, actually, it might have been 2017. I was there. I also was there in at Stanford Stadium when they lost three nothing, and uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic was there and sort of indicated that the the score was not uh, was not exactly congruent with the outcome or how well they played. Um, so he thought they played better than than the three nothing score, but the Galaxy were torn apart there. Um, so looking at all those things and and sort of putting that together again, the LA Galaxy are favorites. They should win. They should win by you know more than a goal, probably just in the way that they've been playing. But it was touch and go last time when they were played the San Jose Earthquakes, and that was that was a come from behind game as well. San Jose scored first, the Galaxy scored again. San Jose scored again, the Galaxy scored again, and the Galaxy scored the final goal to make it three two. So that come from behind is important. Um, I, I guess the real storyline for this is is one just sort of the Galaxy trying to get five wins in a row, which we told you that they did last year um, early in the season. Um, so that's one storyline. The other storyline is that Jonathan Dos Santos and Chicharito and how they fit into this team and when you should expect them. So I think those are the big things that you're going to see. Uh, I guess the third storyline and probably the biggest one is, does this game even get played because of the wildfires? So, um, as we're looking at all these things that are all things to, to sort of take into account the travel for the yellow galaxy flying up the same day, flying back the same day. So that's something not as big a deal. It, as it was with Portland, that's a 45 minute flight. So it's not, it's like, you know, sitting in your car for a little while. So it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, Larry, to wrap it up. Yes, sir. What do you got? A uh, question for you, Sophie. Do Chicharito and Dos Santos both play this weekend? Yes or no? No. No. Who, who doesn't play? Um, go ahead. Go ahead, Sophie. Who doesn't play? I was going to say, are you saying to start? I could see Jonathan no. starting. No, just play. Just oh, play. play. No. Okay. Um, I would say, I will say yes. I think they both play. Um, I think they're both substitutes in this game. 
yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Again, that's that's this is going to shape whether or not the LA Galaxy can run for an MLS Cup. By the way, an MLS Cup that will have a giant asterisk next to it, and if the Galaxy get number six with an asterisk, I think it's the perfect thing for them. Um, you can't give somebody a first time cup with an asterisk next to it, but a sixth one, sure, no problems. Everybody, nobody, who's going to really argue with that? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the LA Galaxy do and how they go. All right, uh, I think that about does it. I'm good. Sophie, you have any closing thoughts you would like to uh, to give us here? Uh, I think it's been great to be back. Can I just give a shout out? I haven't been able to get to an LAFC game because I do cover them, um, others for, for TalkSport, of course. But I'd like to say the LA Galaxy team have done a great job going to the stadium, making you feel safe. Um, I think, you know, the, they've done a phenomenal job. And I just wanted to give them a shout out and say well done because in, in the time that we're living, um, you know, they've got refreshments there, food. We've got our own desks. Uh, you know, it's really been a seamless process. So I just wanted to say well done. And um, yeah, it, you know, I was I was worried about it initially. But now I think, you know, any, any home game I can get to, I'll definitely be there. Yeah, I, was, I think I was the same with you. So uh, big props to the to the Galaxy's PR team, everybody who worked real hard. They even got us lights this last time to, to be able to do it. So whenever Amazing. they turn the lights off the stadium, we could still work. So that was good as well. Larry, closing thoughts for you, sir. Uh, I think Dignity Health Sports Park looks great from a distance. <laughs> it misses <laughs> I you. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I wish I could be there, but yeah, you know, I guess I'm taking we're... the same out. So, you know, hopefully I'll be able to attend some games uh, later on this season. I sure, I certainly hope so. Yeah, it misses you there, Larry. And I... This weekend, three to one. Yeah, three to one. Ooh, I like it. Three to one. Score prediction. Ooh, uh, th- I always like score predictions because it's always guaranteed to be wrong. So that's why they're they're that's the best right. things that we could ever do. Um, all right, for me, okay, yeah, I'll it should be an interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sophie, what do you have before we go? I'm going to go for the same score line. Um, all right, as three in one. the previous match. Yep. Oh, oh, three two. You're going three, three two. Three two. Okay. two. Yeah, three two. Okay. Always, Gosh. always good. I, um. Two two, they slip up. Something happens. It's, I'm I'm not convinced. I'm not on the, I'm not on the train yet. I'm I'm close. I want to get on the train. I see the train leaving the station. I want to get on the train, and I'm starting to run for the train, but it's not with all my heart yet. I'm just it, the train could make it away from me if I'm not there. But anyway, that's that's where I'm at. So I'll say I'll say a draw because it would be too perfect to win five games in a row and get 15 points out of it. It's just a ridiculous thing to even consider being I gave them a, a chance of getting two points total out of six games. So, um, yeah, that's where we sit. LA Galaxy playing the San Jose Earthquakes coming up on Sunday, September 13th, 8 p.m. kickoff time. Unamas, T-U-D-N. That's where you can find it. Um, so please head on out there and do that. All right. Um, let's see. I think that about does it for us tonight. Uh, for Mr. Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, and for uh, Miss uh, Miss Soccer Diva herself, uh, we hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful night. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com uh, where you can find all of our videos and podcasts and all that fun stuff. Uh, we have Twitter, we have a Discord, we have everything. Cornerofthegalaxy.com gets you to all that. All right, everybody. We hope you have a great, safe night, and we will catch you back here next Thursday. Uh, for another live podcast. All right. So, so for Larry, I'm Josh. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on Corner of the Galaxy. See ya. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you use the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again 
Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.